So joining me now from two different spots in Toronto are the ladies who host Misunderstood, Kat and Nat. Ladies, thanks for joining me. I wanted to have you on the show because we've had a few victories in the culture war in the last seven days. And um, I make no bones about it that I've somewhat checked out of the culture war. So, And a lot of these things are affecting, well, not affecting, I think they affect everybody, but it's your generation who seem to be the loudest and most disgruntled about so many things um, that I don't think they truly understand, but you do. Um, so first I wanted to uh, get your reactions about the overturning of Roe v. Wade. I see a lot of people who are angrily twerking for justice. Um, <laughs> it's like the modern St. Vitus dance. Um, and I really don't think they fully understand what just happened. Because a lot of them think it's happening to them and it's really not. You see these mass protests in LA and you see mass protests in DC and nothing is going to change in those places. Mass protests in New York, they're going to be aborting babies right up until uh, retirement age. So I don't think much is going to change there. So uh, I guess, why don't they understand? What, what, what's the problem here? Nat, you want to go first? Oh, sure. Yeah. So Kat and I actually touched on this in the most recent episode of Misunderstood, and we debunked some of the four main myths that are kind of being perpetuated by the pro-abortion or pro-choice side. And I think like they've just been screaming the same lies for so long. And I think that especially a lot of these women or girls who are so deeply offended by it are in university. And as we know, university is basically an indoctrination camp for these women. Um, so I think that that's part of it. Like, there's just no way for these women to access what's what the you know the overturning of Roe v. Wade actually means, um, because this, the people on the left, the pro-abortionists, are just screaming so loud these lies. And yeah, I just think that the truth is getting lost. Like, it's it's insane. I I, I don't really know. I don't really know how we can punch through it, really, other than you know people like us talking about it um, and trying to you know debunk the lies. So. Yeah, um, let's just go off of that. Like some of the, I won't go through all the myths, but one of them is that they uh, they have lost constitutional rights and there was never a constitutional right to get no. an abortion. In fact, Roe v. Wade, as I'm sure we all know, was actually about the privacy that a woman has in, in getting an abortion. So it was more of a privacy matter that was they felt was constitutionally protected under Roe v. Wade. And I think, I'm not a legal expert, but I'm assuming that they were looking at what was going on now. And they're like, okay, the point of the, of Roe v. Wade is not being actually like used properly because it was a privacy issue. Um, and I, I, it was funny because I saw someone on Twitter make this comment, so it's not my original thought, but it was really poignant. This person was like, AOC says, the Supreme Court has no right to dictate what we do with our bodies. And they're like, yes, exactly. Like, that's exactly what the Supreme Court is saying. They're like, it's not a federal, it's not the federal government's job to dictate abortion laws. It's a state level issue. So that's exactly what they're doing. And they're like, it's like, they're not even listening to what's going on. Yeah. You know, you see them saying that this is anti-democratic when it's completely the opposite for people who may be getting all their news from the mainstream media, overturning Roe v. Wade in and of itself does not ban abortion. What it does is it turns an issue that always should have been in the hands of the states back to state legislatures where elected and accountable people, people who are accountable to the people who elected them, will vote to make a decision. And if they make a decision that the people don't like, 
those people will become unelected. That is the definition of democracy. But for the left, it feels as though they think democracy means doing the things that they want you to do, not, you know, reacting to the will of the people. Yeah. I think they actually equate the word democracy with like leftism, progressivism. It's like like authoritarianism. Yeah, exactly. If it's not woke, it's not democratic. It's like, well, sometimes democracy leans the other way. That's the beauty of democracy. Yeah. Yeah, I think they've totally like erased what the meaning of that word means, which is what the left does is just confuse everyone with these made up definitions, you know? Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's true. Um, We see it all the time when they change the meaning of words. They're they're doing it all the time with vaccination status. It used Mm -hmm. to be, you know, fully vaccinated. Now it's up to date, whatever (laughs) that means. (laughs) It's pretty clever. Now, and I think that some of the misunderstandings misunderstandings. I don't think that's maybe even the right word because I think there is purposeful misleading. And then there are people who maybe consume a little bit too much mainstream media who just don't know any better. Um, and, and then you sort of pile on pop culture on top of that, who are just perpetuating the lie. And you, over the last little bit, I, I mean, I know celebrities are not Mensa members by and large, but I've really (laughs) seen a lot of stupid hot takes lately. Wanda Sykes was one of them where she said, you know, this is, this is anti-democratic. She said, um, you you know, I have a daughter. Yeah. You have a daughter. And so you, but you're, I, I just, I look at these uh, sometimes crusty old women, really they are, they're crusty (laughs) old women. And I've never met like a, a woman who is a grandma who didn't just viscerally love babies, like have this insane reaction when you see a baby or a grandchild. But these progressive, crusty old ladies, they are marching in the streets for their grandchild to be exterminated. And it is the most bizarre thing. And then you see Wanda Sykes and all of them saying, well, I have a daughter and, and, and what? You have a daughter and what? Finish that sentence for me, yeah. please. And yeah, they, they, they never quite get there. No. And did you guys see that picture of the, the woman who was protesting? I don't know which city it was in, but she's <sighs> very pregnant. And she wrote on her belly, not yet a human. Yeah. And it's like, and she had a kid in her arms in one of the other photos. And it's like, can we look in on her? Like, when does it become a human to her? Mm-hmm. The moment it comes out, like, how is that scientific at all? And it's like, how are you treating the, the infant fetus inside of you if you don't think it's human are you drinking are you smoking are you like are you doing drugs like what what are you yeah. doing to protect that not human life growing inside you and like what are you doing differently for the child that you're holding in your arms that is human magically the day it comes out it's so strange yeah i always find it so confusing when people who have held like carried a child to term are are confused on the abortion debate it's like you've you've seen the sonograms you've heard the heartbeat you gave Hmm. birth like you i just don't understand how these people aren't on the pro-life side i i it's confusing to me i think it goes to a broader problem with the culture and that is that your feelings change reality we Hmm. see this all the time with the transgender debate and again i say i'm live your life however you want I don't care. I'm too busy to care. Um, <laughs> except in so far as you use the government to make me care or you rob um, opportunities from girls or, you know, you want to put on some cleats and hit girls on a Saturday. 
instead of play against boys. Um, but you see people who say, well, I feel that therefore I am that. Mm -hmm. And that whole attitude is completely being replicated in the abortion debate where you say, okay, well, I want this child, therefore it is a child. If I don't want this child, even though we're at the same like date of gestation, that humanity is predicated on somebody else's feelings for you. And I think that's a very dangerous place to be. Yeah, yeah, I think a part of it is like spiritual too. Like, I mean, the reaction we're seeing is like almost demonic. Like, just almost? the weeping and the gnashing. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> almost. The weeping I don't know. And gnashing You're being of a little teeth. generous. <laughs> yeah, I am being too nice, maybe. But it's just, it's honestly, it's horrifying to see these people. Like, and I don't mean it in like a physical sense, but like they just look ugly like just spiritually these protesters like there's just something so often like deranged about it so i definitely think like you know the prince of lies is definitely uh, has a hand in this game for sure and i think that's part of the reason too other than just the feeling aspect that people are so confused and why this is so chaotic when it just really doesn't need to be like it's such an like it's pro like you're pro-life do you care about like innocent beings yes great like that's all it should be really like, let's not murder babies. <laughs> I don't know why it's so <laughs> controversial. You know, I think the whole ethos around it, though, is, you know, and I'm going to get letters, but I'm just <laughs> quoting the things I know, um, that it it is um, satanic in the sense of the church of Satan, where the mantra is, do what thou willst. Hmm. And uh, I'm seeing a lot of that, that just, if it feels good, do it. This is just self-care, which is just being selfish. Um, but this, that's how we are framing this issue of human life and personal responsibility that it's do what thou wilt. And we see it, uh, Jeremy, uh, our friend, Jeremy Lafredo did a really great video. And I don't know where Jeremy falls down on this issue. And I don't think it matters because his work was very clear. He was interviewing a girl getting a streeter in New York. And the girl said something along the lines of, well, I'm not, I guess I'm just not going to have casual sex with everybody anymore. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's yep. what I've been, that's what I've been saying. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You, you're coming around to my way of thinking. Um, and you know, <laughs> people are suddenly thinking that they can punish others by accepting personal responsibility. It's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen, but you know what? I welcome it. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Yeah, we talked about that on the show as well. And Nat made a good point. It's like, whenever they say, whenever you see a woman saying, well, I'm not going to have casual sex anymore. It's like, so you're admitting that you use abortion as contraceptive. Like you're admitting that now, because if you can't get an abortion, then you don't want to risk having sex. Like, yeah, that's how it should have been. Yeah. You should never use it as a contraceptive. That's totally evil and disgusting. Yeah. Plus, like everybody knows one of the implications of sex is pregnancy. Like it, it it's not it's not rocket science. Not like, new either. <laughs> yeah, it's not new. <laughs> and it's it's funny to see the celebrities again. I say um, they're really showing me exactly how stupid they are sometimes. But <laughs> Pink, for example, she's saying, you know, like pro-lifers can't listen to her music. Deal. <laughs> yeah, I haven't listened to her music since I was 13 years old. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and um, Billy Joe Armstrong, so someone from my era. Um, he's saying that he's, you know, ashamed to be American and he's renouncing his American citizenship. And I think, why are you threatening all these people with a good time? Like, <laughs> yeah. Nobody knew who you were until you said something stupid about abortion yeah. and renounced your citizenship 
over abortion. And I think he did it in the UK, where are there more there are more strident restrictions on abortion than in his home state of Los Angeles, where um, <laughs> you can I think you can abort a child up until graduation there. <laughs> Nat and I have also talked about how like, and I think maybe with you as well, um, Sheila, how there's nothing creepier than like a super pro-abortion male, like yeah. the the president of Barstool Sports, who I, I kind of like, um, he put out a video supporting abortion and it's he is notorious for dating younger women and sleeping around a lot. So it's like, I saw this funny meme that was like him calculating his child um, payments that he would have to <laughs> make if all those women had babies. And it's like, we see right through that, like to be a, a good man, you impregnate a woman, you support the child and you support the woman and you build a family. But these men are not capable of doing that. They don't want to do that, but they don't want to give up the sex though. So the only thing that they can do is say, get an abortion, get an abortion. And now they're all like pro super hardcore pro abortion. It's like, of course you are. Yeah. yeah. How convenient. <laughs> yeah. Ezra said that his he's that bars the guy from barstool sports is he's pro-choice because it fits his lifestyle not for any yeah. sort of moral or ethical reason or what i i struggle to say those words with regard to the pro-choice side but i mean he doesn't come by his uh opinions on this honestly it's just a purely a selfish lifestyle reason for him and mm -hmm. but it's interesting to see all these people admitting that they treat other human beings like meat sacks, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is really what this comes down to. So you, uh, you admit that, you know, you just have this promiscuous kind of gross lifestyle, non-committal, um, everybody involved is disposable, including the accidental child. And, um, you know, that their reaction to it is to say, well, maybe I just won't do that anymore. And I'm supposed to be upset about that. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> perfect like, yeah that's have some responsibility and be more conscientious about who you yeah. sleep with like that that's supposed to hurt me yeah exactly. well yeah and a lot of them are like threatening that they're going to sex strike and it's like good maybe we don't want your spawn like maybe it's good for you to just like <laughs> maybe take a tubes. break yeah but yeah. maybe take a break like maybe grow take up a, a bit yeah go on a detox from your bad yeah. lifestyle and maybe you'll get some moral clarity like yeah, yeah. go on a, please do just for yourself not just for me yeah. because i think how you're living is kind of gross and bad for everybody involved but do it for yourself treat yourself mm -hmm. with a little bit of dignity yeah, yeah and you never hear sorry go ahead oh no i was just gonna say it's a good point because like you kind of mentioned like the self-love kind of movement and it's like actually the most loving thing you can do for yourself is take care of yourself and you know try to work hard build towards things that are productive and fruitful not empty and you know temporarily satisfying so yeah. And I was going to say, um, you don't, you never, you know how in the, the vaccine discussion, you hear people clogging up the medical system if they go to the hospital and they haven't been vaccinated, but you never hear the argument. People who have promiscuous sex are clogging up the medical system when they go to the STD clinic and use up all the antibiotics or whatever. Like you never hear people talking about medical care in that sense, where it's like use getting, using nurses time for your abortions or going and getting your whatever treatments you have for the STDs you're catching. Like no one cares about that. It's all about self power and self love, but with certain things, everyone's so concerned about the medical system and all the time and energy people are taking up. It's like, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. And it just, you know, it's funny you bring that up because you think about the moral judgment placed on people who get COVID, 
people who are unvaccinated and then they get COVID. And those people, they get fingers pointed at them as though it is some arbiter of their moral character that they got sick, you know? But if you got vaccinated and got sick, well, you're a good person. But if you were unvaccinated and got sick, you're a bad person. And then we have all these other people over here making these disgusting lifestyle choices. And it is, you know what? It's just healthcare. It's just healthcare mm-hmm. and they should have access to healthcare and yeah. don't judge them. Yeah, it's such a double standard. But we're used to that as conservative right. women. Right. Yeah. Now, I wanted to, um, enough about that. Um, <laughs> great win for the culture war. And, you know, it was 50 years in the making, by the way. And mm-hmm. you, you never saw any budging. And no budging on it. It seemed actually that it was just going to get worse and worse and worse. And I think a lesson for the conservative movement, and I say small C conservative movement is never stop fighting those battles because it's like putting water behind a dam all the time. And you never know which droplet of water is just going to cause the dam to break and then wash the evil from the face of the earth Mm -hmm. in a biblical sense. Anyway, let's, let's move on from, from that to, uh, just, I think it was yesterday as we're recording this, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell was convicted and, um, Mm -hmm. sort of without a lot of fanfare, it's like, oh, she's convicted. Oh, she got a three quarter of a million dollar fine. Uh, she's going to spend a couple decades in jail. She's going to get credit for time served. So she's going to get 240 months. Um, the judge said it, a sentence of 240 months is sufficient and no graver than necessary. So that's 20 years, probably won't serve at all. Um, but what bothers me about this is that we don't know her client list. And besides the fact that this woman is absolutely evil, you want to talk satanic, this is her. Mm -hmm. Um, She is the Carla Homolka in all of this, where you have this evil man, but his crimes could not have been possible without the evil woman running cover for all of it. She was the reason those girls got into a car and said, yeah, I'll come back. Yeah, I want to train to be a masseuse, whatever. It's because they had this woman who seemed safe same reason teenage girls got in a car and ended up dead at the hands of Paul Bernardo, that she's the Carla Hamalka in all of this. Mm-hmm. But what really bothers me and what really sends my little conspiracy uh, theories just wild is that we are not talking about who- Paul Bernardo, the, yeah. Yeah, we're not talking about who the clients are here. And, yeah. um, and that leads me to believe that they are some very, very, very important people. Yes, I couldn't agree with you more. I think um, it's so disgusting that, like, again, I agree that uh, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell should be held accountable and punished for her crimes, but it's super weird that the only person who's actually going to serve time for these crimes is a woman when she wasn't the one doing the actual raping, right? Like, she's just as culpable, but who are exactly like, who are the clients? And I totally agree that I think they're powerful people who are currently in power and that we're not going to find out who they were until they're either dead or out of power. And we're all going to like, I'll be like 70 and then we'll find out, oh, it was the, it was, you know, the president of whatever. I I don't want to name names because that's, you know, (laughs) but it will find out who these people are and we'll all be like kind of shocked, but not really. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of powerful men right now getting away with a lot of horrible, horrible things and a lot of scared women who are are not coming forward either, um, who are victimized because they know these men are powerful enough to crush them. Mm -hmm. And where are the feminists? Once again, where are the feminists? Nowhere. 
No. They're uh, in DC protesting. Yeah. <laughs> Working. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of no, like it's... when you see, sorry, go ahead. No, go, go. I was just going to say this whole, both of these conversations remind me of um, the pride parade that took place last week and um, all of the drag shows that we've seen leading up to it and that nobody really cares about children at the end of the day. Like these, the girls that were the victims of Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein, they were children for the most part, young women and children. And the victims of abortion are children. Mm -hmm. Um, and no one cares about children. And we see that all the time when you like in Toronto, there was a man walking fully nude down the street with a Bugs Bunny mask on completely naked. And in any other situation, that's a crime, but during pride, it's okay. And there are children in the audience and that's like, no one cares. No one cares about children. And it's like, so obvious. It's crazy. It's, it's just so crazy to me. Yeah, we always talk about that on the show. Um, Ali Beth Stuckey, I think she coined the term that children are always unconsenting subjects to our like adults weird experiments. And I think we're seeing mm-hmm. just such a blatant attack on children in the last few years, even with COVID, you could even throw that in there, uh, the yep. restrictions and how that impacted kids. Like, it's so crazy how our society just like hates them and doesn't want to protect them. And that's our duty as adults and as conservatives and as Christians, like it's insane. Yeah, I remember my philosophy when my kids were little and I reject the fact that they're grown up. They're not they're not all grown up. Um, but when they were little, I, you know, if they wanted to wear a Batman costume to the grocery store, my philosophy was you're only little once. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon the world is going to be putting all these stupid rules on you and making you care about stuff that you shouldn't care about when you're little. And it happened so fast that I just, you know, if you wanted to dress up in a princess costume because we're going to the superstore, who cares? Right. But now there's this desire to treat children like little adults, mm-hmm. except when they are adults, then we infantilize them. It's yeah. quite bizarre. You know, we have like 30 year olds living in their parents' houses and their parents are paying all their bills. But at the same time, we're like, yeah, that little person should be perfectly fine with nudity. And if we've done enough to confuse them about their gender, let's get them some surgery. They're 12, yeah. but who cares? They're old enough to make these decisions. Yeah. And it's just, it's the slippery slope to pedophilia. Like it's, yeah. it's, we conservatives were saying this 10 years ago and it's just, we've come so far down the slope and it's like only a couple more meters to go. And it's absolutely, absolutely terrifying. Yeah, and I think going back to one of your earlier points, Sheila, that's why it's so important for us to continue to speak up about these and yeah. not be silent because who knows when things will shift. I think it's the pendulum has swung so far. Like the world is in such an evil, evil state, despite the victory of Roe v. Wade overturning. Like people are just so depraved. And I think that conservatives need to do more, um, and specifically women too, just speaking out about these issues that really affect us and our kids and our future kids. Yeah. You know, I don't think we should let the uh, depraved immoral people speak for us. Um, And it reminds me of something Ezra always makes me watch every time I see him in person, he will make me watch the ash conformity test. Has he cornered you in the office and made you watch this yet? Okay. Uh, It's coming. (laughs) I'm going to write it down. (laughs) (laughs) It's coming. Um, And it's, you know, it's an experiment where um, it was done by people who wanted to sort of investigate why the Holocaust happened, why this seemingly sort of well-educated population went along with things that they knew were evil. And it's, you know, it's a group of people. And when you have to answer in a group something, 
the first person answers wrong and then the second person answers wrong and you're the third person and you know the answer is different, but you say the wrong answer anyway. And it's the impact of a crowd and peers and even peer pressure that you don't have, but you perceive that you're having, having. But if you were able to write your answer down, you would write the answer you knew to be true. Mm. And it's, it's a test about conformity. And I think, and all it took was one person to say, you know, that that's actually wrong. Like you guys are getting this wrong. Um, mm -hmm. To break that sort of conformity, Ezra calls it a mind virus. That's what the convoy did. You know, everybody was feeling the same way as the convoy, but these people stood up and said, it's wrong and I'm not going along to get along. And that's why all the other people are like, yeah, you know what? Us too. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Us too. And I think it's the same thing with the culture war where, you know, the more people who speak up, the more people break that conformity. And then there does become strength in numbers that strength of moral uh, conviction when there's more people speaking up. So it's incumbent on us. If we want to give power and voice to those other people, we want them to find their voice. We've got to talk about these things, even when it's unpopular, even when people are saying, you know, like you girls are a bunch of misogynists because you like babies, yeah. <laughs> you know, like um, we have to speak up um, because I think there are more of us than them as our friend, Matt Brevner saying. Yeah, especially as Christians, you know, we're called to be bold as lions. And I think like, we just gotta have big shoulders and give it to God. And, you know, just that's how we power through and pick up our cross, so to speak, and just, you know, trudge through because we have eternity to yeah. look forward to, you know? So whatever fiery dart is cast our way on earth, like we can handle it because of him, you know? Him being Jesus. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. Not Ezra. <laughs> Don't want to confuse that. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, ladies, I know that they need the studio in Toronto. I want to thank you so much for the work that you do um, to bring a little bit of normal commentary to your generation. Um, sometimes I feel like younger people are a lost cause. But then I look at my kids and their friends and I realize, no, it's just the loud, crazy people that are just, I find annoying and they end up on the news all the time. But like the ash conformity test shows us once you start speaking up, uh, you know, I think we're the mainstream. I think you guys, your opinions are the mainstream. Um, we just have to give more people, um, the confidence to speak up and, um, that's why it's important to have confident young ladies like you on TV all the time. Um, thanks, ladies, for the work that you do. And uh, thanks for taking the time today. Thank, thank you, you, Sheila. And thank you for repping the brand. I see that yeah. you're wearing yeah. your misunderstood sweater. Isn't it so cozy? <laughs> uh, you know what? Before I let you go, let everybody know when they can find uh, your show, Misunderstood, and where they can get this incredible brand merchandise that I wrestled back from my teenage daughter. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send her one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the show airs on Rebel News Plus every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So you can subscribe to Rebel News Plus at rebelnewsplus.com. The show also airs for free every Saturday at 2 p.m. So you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at Misunderstood Show or head over to watch misunderstood, oh, watch misunderstoodshow.com and it'll be there. And you can also get our merch at misunderstoodmerch.com and you can use the code misunderstood10 for 10% off your first purchase. So yeah, get in Check there. It it's good stuff. Great. Yeah. I'm wearing a shirt too. So, oh, nice. Repping. Abort government. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Thanks on, ladies. On
topic. Thank you, Sheila. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. <laughs> Bye. We want our viewer feedback on our stories and we invite it. If you'd like to send me an email, you can do that directly by sending an email to Sheila at rebelnews.com, put gun show letters in the subject line. So I know where to look and know where to find it because I get a lot of emails, like a lot. Um, so I want to make sure that I'm able to find your viewer feedback easily so I can read it on air and I don't screen them. I don't select them. I just sort of take them at random. This week, though, we're randomly going over to the comment section on the Rumble video of my story about how Justin Trudeau is now labeling plastic straws as Schedule 1 toxins, banning single-use plastics, and plastic straws are going to be held behind the counter and out of view the same way we treat cigarettes in this country and you have to go to the counter and you have to say, please, can I have some plastic straws? They're probably going to ask for your doctor's note about why you need them. And then they're going to reach underneath over the counter and get them for you. It's the most bizarre thing. We're an absolute laughing stock in the world. But anyway, let's go to the comment section. We've got some great viewer feedback on this one. Rumble one D me one, two, three writes the hypocrisy of all this packaging by weight, not volume. While that product only fills half the size of the package, such as cereal, many items are shipped in packages, triple its size, but that's mainly recyclable. Single use plastics have to be thought out because plastic takes so long to break down. It's worth a discussion, but Trudeau has to go. Look, I completely agree with you that we are using too much plastic to package up too many things. But I'm not sure that's got anything to do with the convenience of single-use plastic grocery bags and straws. And I don't even I don't even really use straws. I just think it's so stupid to ban them because you think my Alberta straws are going to somehow end up in a river in India or the Philippines. And if they do end up in a river in the Philippines, it's because the Canadian government shipped our garbage there for some reason. I am not even all that pro-recycling. I think recycling is kind of an energy-intensive scam. I'm pro-incineration. Did you know that in Burnaby, British Columbia, where all the anti-pipeline activists go to protest the Trans Mountain Pipeline, they have an incineration facility where they burn the garbage to create electricity. And I think this is a wonderful use for plastic because plastic you can use it once for its intended purpose and enjoy it as you use it. But then when it becomes garbage, you get to incinerate it and create energy. And all the while, while you're moving it from one place to another, for one use to another, it remains a perfect inert garbage. It doesn't leak. It's not toxic. And it's not even heavy. Plastic is amazing. So do I think we produce too much garbage? Generally speaking, yes. Am I a fan of recycling? Depends. Not so much with plastic. Um, is the plastics ban stupid and just useless virtue signaling that will sort of serve to decimate the entire Canadian plastics industry? Yep. And I don't think that's worth it at all. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time, in the same place next week. 
Thanks to everybody in the studio in Toronto for putting the show together. And remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.